Welcome to the Progress with Unity podcast, a Sunday special. This is the Accrington Reaction podcast. What a day it was down at the Wham Stadium. I'm still buzzing. Are you still buzzing, Adam? Yep, one bam, top of the league. Fantastic day. Paul? Absolutely still buzzing. You can't you can't knock it, can you? You can't. You can't. Anyway, let's get straight into it. 4-1, obviously, we did them. I thought it could have been a little bit more than that. We was that dominant. Control the game again. That midfield duo, just outstanding. Naylor, for me, is top player, top class. I can't believe that there were other clubs after him and why Portsmouth let him go. And I think Cousins, for me, is growing into that role now. He just gives it simple. Give it to the players who can play. Give it to the players who can hurt them. Because ultimately, if you can't get the ball to your best players, you don't win matches. So you need to have those players who, who do the ugly stuff. And it allows power and director to an extent to get forward because they're perfectly happy to sit in there. You know, they're very rarely going to get into the box, albeit Naylor is a threat from the set pieces. Uh, but they're not They're not going to be goal-scoring midfielders, those two. But Max Power is a goal-assisting fullback. So, uh, you know, those those two, for me, are, are absolutely pivotal to the way we play, Cousins and Naylor. A couple of cleaners for me, Paul, you know what I mean? Tidying everything up, sat in front of the, uh, the centre-arms and... Just making sure everything's neat and tidy. That's a very good description because you you struggle to think of how many times Ben Amos has been put one on one because people just can't break because you've got your, your couple of cleaners in there cleaning up the the out balls. Absolutely, completely uh, agree. And, and that first half, the chances we created. I mean, you think about the two goals that we scored, which we'll we'll talk about. But we had Callum Wanger had a superb effort when he was put through. Charlie White should have had a penalty nailed on, cleaned out from behind. We could have been out, well out of sight at half time, Adam. Yeah, I think that was the only surprising factor really at half time, wasn't it? That it was only 2 0. Decent chance we created as well. Uh, you know, even in that spell, I think we scored on seven minutes, but we probably could have been two or three up before we'd, we'd even gone 1 0 up. Um, I think actually the, the land shot was just before the corner, wasn't it, that led led to the uh, led to the goal. If you're being, I guess, ultra sort of uh, picky about it, I suppose you say, well, m- make sure you kill it off when you've got that when you get those chances, because just for that five-minute spell out of 85 minutes, pretty much at the start of the second half, you, you got you had a tiny bit of concern uh, when they'd scored their goal and they'd had, they'd had a decent effort just before that. We then took control again, didn't we? And and then, really, there was only one winner, wasn't there? Once we scored the third, it was, it was so easy for us, really. We just coasted through the rest of the game and played some lovely football. We'll go through the goals then. The first goal that we scored, what more? His first goal for us uh, from a James McLean corner. And we were very good on set pieces, aren't we? We seem to be. He was in the area, fell lovely for him. I think looking back at it, Will Keane was about to swivel, but he allowed the ball to move away from him because he saw what more there. Just simply put the ball in the back of the net. Well, about 12 yards, would you say? Yeah, roughly. Uh, it didn't seem to strike it as cleanly as you would have liked, but it you know, it was at the right direction on it, didn't it? And it, it just nestled in the corner in the end. Um, but yeah, you're right. The set piece is superb. And I think getting the impression from you know listening to the players that a lot of work goes in with uh, Rob Kelly and Beatty into these set pieces. You know, Beatty was one of those who could score quite a few headed goals, 
Kelly's a very good coach. Put the two together, you know. You, I mean, Keane's got better, hasn't he? You know, and well, I'm sure you'll go on to the second goal in a moment, won't you? Because that, that leads on nicely to that one, doesn't it? Because it was a another Keane headed goal. Yeah, and it was it was like a, a set piece. It was like a free kick because uh, I think it was Langley who just taps it out to Max Power, who had time to to stop it and look up, and Keane made a, a run into the box. And he planted it on his head. And oh, I did Keno jump. I mean, we were sat there at the side and thinking, my God, he's, he's head and shoulders above everybody else. He just, it was an amazing leap. But what a fantastic header. Yeah, great cross uh, and a fantastic, fantastic header. I mean, it, what you can see now for him is he just knows exactly what to do. I mean, he's getting, he's getting a good leap in. And he does, you know, everybody always says head it back from where it's come from. You know, it's like the, I guess, textbook heading, isn't it, really? But he, he's just so accomplished at it now. We're going to get a lot of goals from that this season. It's there if you're not having a great game. You know, if you the Rotherham game, for example, which was a bit, wasn't a bit bitty, that game. If your set pieces are good, you're always in with a chance. And, and I, that's why, for me, I don't think we've been as good at set pieces since the... 2002-2003 Paul Jewell side when we had a certain Jason DeVos and Nathan Ellington who scored loads of headed goals that season. Keane, four goals to his name so far. Max Power, lead assister in the division. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, like you say, Max Power cross, Will Keane header is, is starting to become a thing, isn't it? If you go back two or three games, it's, it's weird that it's becoming a thing because there was a lot of people questioning you know, why is Max Power playing right back when Dariqua should be right back by trade? And you've got two left backs there ready to step in and play left back. Um, so, you know, why are you playing two players out of position when you don't have to, but it's clearly working. Maybe yeah. the managers know stuff that the fans don't. We move on now to the second half and the man of the moment, really. I mean, we've been praying for, for a goal, anything from him, off his arse, off his elbow, we didn't care. Let's get Charlie on the score sheet. What a Superb couple of goals as well. I've got to mention the crowd at the, the fans, both down the side and at the back of the goal. But with me sat at the side, when that first goal went in, seeing seeing that sea of of arms and and heads bobbing up and down, it was it was a tremendous vision. And like with you know, with Charlie White scoring the goal as well. Great to see him off the mark. But there was a red card offence though, wasn't there? Did you not notice it when that uh that fan came on the pitch and pretty much took him out with a two-footer. <laughs> but what is he doing, that idiot, really? I mean, just like, you imagine if he'd have injured, if he'd have injured him. You know what I mean? I don't know what the hell's going on there at all, but obviously lots of passion, lots of passion there from the fans and the players were so happy as well. And, and you know, you know, Sunderland fans were saying, well, you know, last year it was all Aidan McGeady cross it, Charlie White headers. Well, I didn't see any headers yesterday at all. You know, uh, two. Uh, well, you'll get on to the fourth one, but that that lovely, lovely little chip over him, wasn't it? Really, who was a decent keeper. Keno as well. You put him through a lovely little through ball there, Paul. I mean, we we, we call him Zinedine on on the PWU, uh, <laughs> and and that's exactly what he is. I mean, he he, he sees these these opportunities, these moments, and you know, his his brain. He's got a proper footballing brain, and you know, Wyke latched onto that that pass. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what you're doing as a number ten, isn't it? Those little finding those little gaps and those little uh, those little through balls to set goals up like that. Um, I, the the passing was a good one as well. Presume that was Langy out on the right. I, I watched no. the highlights. No, no. Top, 
Tom Naylor. Tom Naylor on the right, Tom yeah. It was, it, was a, it was a good pass in into Keane to then find White. But yeah, I, I mean, we, we, we're, flow, we're starting to flow. I mean, we said it, once we get going, we've got a lot of decent talent up front and now they're getting going and they've got the confidence of the, the start behind them. The world's your oyster, isn't it? It was fantastic that White those goals. You could see how pleased they were. You could see how pleased the fans were to see him get off the mark. So much so that on our vote for Man of the Match, the Progress with Unity podcast Man of the Match votes, which is uh, conducted over on Twitter, Charlie White was nominated the Wigan Athletic Man of the Match for the Accrington game, with everybody giving a little comment as well, saying how pleased they were to see him up and running. A quick mention of something, though. You mentioned Rob Kelly uh, earlier on, Adam. Pre-match, uh, you, I know you was late in, in the game, so you might not have seen this. Uh, he had the entire back four uh, running through some drills in the warm-up session. And they, they were in a line and they were moving forward slowly, slowly, slowly. And they were pumping balls to, to them for them to clear. And it looked it looked good. He was at, like making sure they kept the, the line straight and everything. You can so, like you say, you can tell they really, really are working on, on uh, defensive duties and responsibilities. And it was it was good to see. Right, you know, 10 minutes before kickoff, this. I think I've seen him doing those drills um, at, at a home match that I was in earlier, um, so it doesn't, doesn't surprise me. And then in the, even in the second half, they still do that one-minute little drill as well, only just to get them back running, you know, put the cones out. Yeah, I think um, they're, they're obviously very well organised, well drilled, and we've got some outstanding players. Oh, and credit to a really good pitch, uh, but again, that's obviously impact of a former Latics player, isn't it, of course? Fantastic pitch, that. Ben Kader, uh Former Latics uh, youth player, uh, almost broke into into the f- first team, didn't he? But he was looking at Charlie as well. Did a great job there. So much so that Wembley took him down uh, to cut a few blades of grass uh, pre-FA Cup final, if, if I seem to remember correctly. Yeah, he slept out, didn't he? Did he? That's like when it worked to keep keep it, uh, to make sure the game was going to be on in the cold conditions, wasn't it? He was actually stayed out all night, didn't he? So that, that's ded- dedication to the cause. Yeah. Proper footballing family, the other case. We can't leave Accrington without mentioning the fan zone. What an absolute buzzing place that is. Supporters from both sides mingling together, really friendly, friendly stewards, staff were really friendly. Everybody was uh, buzzing pre-game and it created, it's helped to create that fantastic atmosphere. Andy Alt, the owner of Accrington, perhaps been a little bit overcritical of him in the past, maybe unfairly, but I can't disagree with what he said in his post-match comments. The best side we've played this season so far by a good distance. I mean, that's the sort of stuff you, you love to hear, don't you, from the opposition. So, yeah, he's not he's not a bad egg at all then, is he, Andy Holt? Uh, well, they had, they'd, won all their own, mate. they'd won all their own games before Saturday, so... Just quick look at stats, 46% possession, with 17 attempts on goals. Uh, we committed uh, 10 fouls and picked up two yellows. The attendance was 4,517 with 2,468 away supporters. So we just outnumbered the own fans, which created that great atmosphere. Right, let's move on to Tuesday evening. Sunderland are in town. Pity this isn't a league game because we would bash them. We'd bash them proper. But it's the Carabao Cup or in old money, the League Cup. So we've got Sunderland in town and uh, a game we're all looking forward to. Right, the referee for the Carabao Cup game against Sunderland is Lee Doty, select group two referee from Fylde. 
and this will be his first Slatics game. This season, Doughty has had six games. He's issued 26 yellows, one red and one penalty. His last game was Saturday, which was QPR 1, Bristol City 2, and he gave five yellows in that game. Cheers, Paul. So, any previous against Sunderland? Well, there's been quite a bit of previous. We've played 24 games. Of those 24 games, we've won nine. There have been seven draws and eight defeats. It's our first ever meeting in the League Cup, but we met in the FA Cup back in uh, 2008, which was a 3-0 win at the Stadium of Light. I also think, Barry, that we might have met them at Wembley, I think, as well, in 1988, the Centenary Cup. The Mercantile uh, Credit, that was, weren't it? The yeah. Mercantile Credit Tournament. We beat them on pens. Um, yeah, Bobby Campbell but, scored. Yeah, so it's pretty even, really, over over the years. I think probably the most famous home game uh, was probably not for football reasons, was, of course, the the, the infamous uh, sliding down the grass bank at uh, Springfield Park and <laughs> back in the 80s. But, yeah, we've had a, had a history of uh, some decent games against uh, Sunderland. Um, it's going to be, I suspect, a very different game from the league game. You know, we're a side now who's who's developed and evolved, and I suspect Sunderland they're not going to play a full side. It'd be interesting to see what we do. There's news coming in today, isn't there, about potentially taking a, a goalkeeper because obviously we've got the Jones injury at the moment. So is it Martin? I think he's a free agent. He's been training with Latics, so I don't know whether we can get the paperwork there to to sign him up to play. It's a bit bit of a risk, isn't it, really, to have maybe to put Tickle in for a game game like that. And it's an even bigger risk to potentially lose Ben Amos when we've not got Jamie Jones. So I don't, I don't know about the keeper. And then there'll be some obvious ones who'll play. Tom Pierce, I think Maxi will play. He just loves football, uh, and he has played a couple of games less anyway, hasn't he? He missed a couple, didn't he? So centre backs, not sure where Kerr's up to. Uh, whether whether Kerr is in a position to be able to play or not in his fitness. We've got options there. I'm sure that Watts would want to play against Sunderland, being a Newcastle lad. So hopefully get him in there. Uh, and then there'll be run outs, won't there, for the likes of Humphreys. Uh, the, basically our three subs from yesterday, what I think will all start the game. I believe Asgard's got a bit of an injury at the moment, so maybe we won't see him. And I think possibly a return to the squad at least, if not the pitch for Gavin Massey and I expect maybe Robinson will get back onto uh, onto the bench. So there'll be a few changes, but I don't think we'll make I don't think we'll make more than maybe six changes. I think we'll we'll, we'll keep keep a bit of solidity while we're playing well. And you know, at the end of the day, it's a big big game and it's a potential generation of uh, revenue. If we get to the next round and you get a big club, that's a good generation of revenue. So I think we're going to give it a go, uh, and hopefully it'll just be uh, you know a really good game. I'd agree with that. There'll be a few changes. Maybe Tom Bayliss, the lad on loan from Preston, will get a start in midfield. Scott Smith will be back in into that midfield as well. So we might see a, a midfield of Smith and Bayliss. Humphries will definitely play centre forward. Goalkeeper's the uh, the big issue, isn't it? What more won't play? I think he'll be one of those that we rest, isn't he? Just keep, you know, he doesn't he doesn't need to play, does he? This game, so we we rest him, but. I think a lot of the players at the moment, they'll just be loving it. I mean, I'd be tempted to throw Wyke in again. Now he's scoring. He'd love to get a goal against Sunderland. Not a chance of him playing this game. That's it. Not a chance. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think you, you're right in uh, Scott Smith, Tom Bayliss, the front three that came on starting. You're, you're basically building game time into the guys that you might need to turn to if you have to. So that you can see all those people that you might turn to in the event of an injury or picking, picking up starts. Mr. Tilt might get a game. 
yeah, and 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 it's like I say, it's having them ready, isn't it, for for when you do need them? Because at the moment you're not breaking, you're not breaking your midfield partnership, you're not breaking your two centre halves, your front three get rotated, and your uh, you know your two full backs we've already discussed. So it's it's you know it's nicely nicely settled, isn't it, to be um, seven games in, you know, to have a really settled team. Looking forward to it. Right, let's have some predictions. Bearing in mind the last two rounds have gone to penalties. Do you think this will be settled in 90 minutes? Yeah, I think 2-1 Latix. I think it's going to be settled in 90 minutes, but I'm not I'm not sure if, if we're going to win or not. I've got a funny feeling that this could be the end of the road for our cup run. I'd never say that in a, in a prediction, so I'm going to go for a 2-0 Latix win. Yeah, I think there might be some goals in this one, not like the Bolton, Bolton game. I think that we might win this one by two goals to one. Right, so Paul and Adam are going for 2-1. I've gone for 2-0, but I think we might lose. Have we mentioned this? We are top of the league. So we are top of the league. What a, what a journey we've come. The desperation of 12 months ago to sit. Well, I was I was talking to somebody today, and for me, the lowest point was when we got knocked out of the FA Cup by Charlie. And we've not hit the 12-month anniversary of that for about another six weeks. We're flying, aren't we, at the moment, in comparison to that? Yeah, we are, and we deserve we deserve everything we get in. It's been a torrid time, and sympathies with Derby County, obviously, with the supporters. Uh, it's uh, an horrible, horrible thing to go through. Um, and any staff, staff as well, not non-playing staff. I've seen some comments where they think it's going to be good for them, and they're going to reset and sign some new players in January, pull themselves up the table. I think there's a few of those supporters haven't a clue what's coming their way. We're back on Wednesday with, obviously, a bit of a reaction to the Sunderland game and looking forward to Cheltenham Town. One of the directors there is Murray Toms, who uh, was a big friend of ours during our administration period. He is, I think, he's CEO of, of GoFundMe. Is that correct, Adam? Right, yeah. Yeah, and he waived all charges. I'm sure he'll get looked after. And we'll see Kyle as well. We'll talk about that on Wednesday. So until then, up the top of the table, ticks. Come on. Up the ticks.